0: Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC, on whtc.com, and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Wednesday, January 31st. It was nearly two years ago when... uh, We had a Zoom conversation with Dale Souders, along with Patty Van Dort, and Mark Pollack about the change in leadership at Holland Hospital. Souders had announced his intention to step down as president and remain a CEO, with Van Dort being named president and Pollack as vice president at that time. Souders retired as CEO late last year and the hospital, had last week made the announcement that, uh, Patty Van Dort will become the new CEO and Mark Pollack would become the new president effective this past Monday, both Ms. Van Dort and Mr. Pollack is on the other end of our phone this morning to talk about the leadership transition and their vision for the future of Holland Hospital. Mark and Patty, welcome back and glad you are joining us.
1: Good morning. Uh, thank you for having us, Gary. It's a pleasure to be with you. And as you were walking through that, we, uh, Mark and I were nodding, remembering that call just a couple of years ago. So thanks for having us back on.
2: Good morning, Gary. Good to be with you. And if you have a question for
0: Patty or Mark, uh, I, I think we can be a little informal in this, uh, they'd be happy to answer it at six one six three nine five fourteen fifty six one six three nine five one four five zero. As I alluded to in introducing both of you, this was, uh, shall we say, a measured and planned change of leadership at Holland Hospital. It well, really wasn't anything that had to be done abruptly or by surprise. Uh, when Dale first mentioned the fact that he wanted to step down after 20-plus years at the helm, uh, it seemed to be an orderly transition. Uh, do you, do you, do you, is that a, a good way of describing it?
1: I think that's an excellent way of describing that. And uh, One of the things we've taken very seriously as an organization, given the importance of uh, Holland Hospital to our community and leadership, good leadership is, is important. And so succession planning has been something we worked on. And, and actually, Gary, back to 2018, we began to discuss um, succession planning and then implemented that first phase, as you uh, reminded the listeners, um, uh, back just a couple of years ago. So um, it is intentional, and I think um, – the kind of succession planning that we've done provides stability and continuity. And in this crazy world of healthcare, uh, those are two good things uh, uh, to have.
0: Let me be frank on this next point. You mentioned continuity and consistency and stability, which is fine and great in itself but sometimes organizations might need an injection of fresh blood, new blood, new ideas, or looking at things a little bit differently. Is that something that uh, was taken into consideration when the talk about a transition in leadership was first done, saying, do we want to just go gradual and steady as she goes, or do we really need somebody from the outside coming in and maybe, uh, uh, bringing in some fresh ideas?
2: That's a really great question, Gary. And it was a question that we explored with our board of directors. And uh, the, the evolution of Holland Hospital and um, its achievements over the past 20 years has created a trajectory that we actually have wanted to preserve and protect. It's created a culture within the organization that is truly the foundation of our strength in the level of quality and service that we provide. And so while we have employees at all levels of the organization that are joining us from other organizations, so infusions of new blood, as you said, is occurring with regularity, uh, it was our um, conversations with the board that led us to the conclusion that the best path forward for Holland Hospital was continuity, consistency, and as Patty mentioned, preservation of the trajectory and the direction that we have been on for these many years.
0: If you have a question for President Mark Paulak, whom you just heard, or CEO Patty Van Dort, they are with Holland Hospital. They'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. May I add another letter to that uh, statement there, Mark? Independence. How important is Holland Hospital's independence to a certain extent not being aligned with any hospital chain that we have seen many hospitals get swallowed up in in recent years? How important is maintaining that independence for the trajectory, as you mentioned, about Holland Hospital?
1: Um, Maybe I'll start with that a bit, Gary, and then Mark can certainly uh, add on to it because it's something we do talk about, um, and we talk about that with our board as well. Um, It may may surprise the listeners to know there are about 150 hospitals in the state of Michigan, and there are now only four (laughs) that are independent, the I word, as you just said. And um, for us, it remains in our vision statement to maintain that independence. And the primary reason for that is really because we think decisions about Healthcare and what's best for the local community are made locally and not in corporate offices, uh, you know, miles and miles away. And that's why independence is so important to us. That being said, partnerships are also important. And as a moderate-sized community hospital, 200 beds. We can't do everything um, here locally, and so we need some good partnerships. And and to that point uh, this year, we've announced a strategic alliance that we have with the University of Michigan, and that alliance is about just getting together and talking about opportunities to enhance care here locally. It is not a governance alliance at this point, or it's certainly not a... Um, financial alliance, but really a strategic alliance that helps improve care. The other thing we're doing is really um, partnering with several of our independent physician groups in town, and we're building a new building in Zealand that you may see as you're heading toward the east, and that is going to be a new musculoskeletal center where we have an outpatient uh, orthopedic surgery center, and uh, we're providing care for those with orthopedic needs. Uh, We're working together right now with our obstetrical group, on uh, new service uh, opportunities. So those partnerships are important, but ultimately, um, uh, our vision to remain independent um, and keep decisions local is what we're focused on. Well
2: said, Daddy.
0: Now, the other thing, too, is the fact that it is great to be independent, to be able to uh, make the decisions locally, practicality, and uh, uh, of and financial reality being what it is, how tough is it to maintain that independence in what is really a tough financial
2: world in healthcare right now? Well, you've hit on uh, on exactly uh, a challenge that really every organization in healthcare is feeling, um, and uh, for us, um, we have uh, the benefit of many, many years of exceptional performance. Um, and we are uh, a lean organization, uh, we are a nimble organization, and that has allowed us to remain financially strong. In fact, as we look at benchmarks of performance, um, we rank uh, at or above benchmarks in, in the metrics that govern or would um, inform in, an organization's financial health. On all that said, of course, it's, it is getting harder and the headwinds are getting stronger and so, for us, as Patty mentioned, these partnerships that we have with both local um, groups and with the University of Michigan are going to provide opportunities for us to continue to pursue our strategies of growth, um, which um, is a part of the, the formula for continued uh, financial stability.
0: If you got a question for Patty Van Dort or Mark Paulak of Holland Hospital. Patty is the CEO. Mark is the president of the hospital. They'll be happy to answer it at 616 395 1450, 616 395 1450. I'm going to mention this, and it's more a, a case of setting, it's a primer more than anything else. Hospitals and healthcare providers are limited as to how many beds they can have at their facility it you know hospitals can't you know willy-nilly say hey we're going to build another 50 bed facility at our place it's allocated by i believe a state group that decides you know what hospitals have as much with that said or you can correct me if i'm uh, if i'm stating it wrong with that said do you see Holland Hospital expanding its at least bed space or services that can provide the needs of this community? Can it expand and in what ways?
1: So uh Gary, you're right about uh a process that the state of Michigan has, not every state has, but we're called a certificate of needs state. And if you're going to add um, beds, inpatient um, beds, as you mentioned, there's a, a process for requesting that and, and an approval process. And it's pretty difficult uh, to get new beds because they look at the entire state and, and many uh, hospitals have more beds than they're currently using. So um, so you're, you're correcting your assumptions there. But I would say to answer your question, and certainly Mark, can add to this. Growth is important for us. It's one of our strategic essentials. So we look at what are the needs of the community and where can we grow. And you don't need that same certificate of need approval to do outpatient locations. So expanding our primary care base, for instance, we're adding a new facility in Sagatuck that's almost finished um, and that will begin seeing patients this spring. Um, we are going to be expanding into a presence in Hudsonville with primary care. We are up, up in Grand Haven as well, and we continue to add to our primary care base here locally. I also mentioned the outpatient surgery center um, that we're building. So growth remains important for us, again, to have a local, fairly local um, access um, point. And we can continue to do that without that uh, certificate of need process. I will also add, though, that we do look at that. And one of the areas of great need in our community uh, is behavioral health. And we have a lar- uh, an inpatient behavioral health unit, and we just recently asked for and were awarded two additional beds there for our inpatient setting. So um, we're excited to be able to get those online here in several months. Um, to meet that ever-growing need. Um, but uh, growing to meet the needs of our community uh, remains essential. Um, how we do it has to be disciplined, focused, and, and somewhat targeted.
2: You know, Gary, it's interesting. Uh, if you if we go back probably about 10 years, the, um, the folks that predict what's going to happen in healthcare care were saying that the, the, the need for hospital beds was going to evaporate uh, because people were going to get care in alternate um, locations, including perhaps the home or outpatient locations. And what we have found, um, and, and I think it's kind of a national recognition, that, that that did not materialize in any way, that there is still a need for hospital beds and inpatient services. But it's, but it's changing dramatically because of advances in science in advances in care, and so the typical stay for a patient in a hospital is a lot shorter now than it used to be, which creates capacity even though your bed count has not changed. And so as we look to add services, not not always does the addition of services require new beds, but we do have the ability to grow if needed on the inpatient side.
0: One final point about facilities and services is the fact that the Holland Hospital main campus on Michigan Avenue, it has undergone renovations. It does not look the same as it did when Dale and I basically came to the area at about the same time in 2001, 2002. It looks a lot different now. But uh, uh, the size and the uh, availability of space on the main campus is somewhat limited. To a certain extent, is Holland Hospital pretty much maxed out at its main campus site, and if it's going to do any expansion, especially in services, it's going to be these, um, for lack of a better term, satellite facilities, such as the one in Zealand, the one in Saugatuck, uh, uh, and that, and that uh, source
2: I'll take a first run at that. Very good question, Gary. And if you look at the hospital, we do have a campus block, you know, kind of a big block around us that does include some residences that actually the hospital owns, and we rent um, most of them to um, to residents because there is a housing need. Um, So the answer to your question is no. We are not landlocked. We have opportunity, and a lot of times there is you can go up, um, and there are other opportunities if we need them um, to look at expanding our campus um, presence. Um, you may also know that we um, occupy the majority of an office building right across Michigan Avenue from us, um, and, and that is another, I would say, component of our footprint. Um, but you are correct. There, the growth is primarily in expansion in geography to be – to have our services closer to where patients are looking for access. And so um, coming to the hospital campus is still required for many things, but we don't want that to be the one and only place that people have to go for service. We want to be closer to our community in their communities, hence the geographic expansion um, that Patty referred to just a moment ago.
0: Patty and Mark, I do have a couple of uh, general healthcare questions I'd like to pose. As healthcare leaders, that both of you are. And this is out of Colorado, but it can really be about most everywhere nowadays in these United States. Lawmakers in the state of Colorado are proposing a bill to counter increasing attacks on healthcare workers. This bill would establish workplace violence prevention committees that document and review any incidents and develop violence prevention plans within healthcare settings. The Colorado Hospital Association reports that a nurse in Colorado is assaulted every 30 minutes. 90% of healthcare workers in that state say they've experienced violence from a patient or caregiver while on the job. Let me ask on Holland Hospital's situation Is what we see in Colorado maybe the exception than the rule? Or is that something that is of concern? To both of you, as healthcare leaders,
2: that's a very insightful um, observation, Gary. And um, I'm afraid it's a bit of a sad commentary on the state of work environment for healthcare workers. And um, it is a problem. Um, it's a problem nationwide, and um, we have experienced that very same issue um, here at Holland Hospital. We have had to. Um, Enhance uh, the training that we provide our staff on de-escalation techniques, and we've had to be prepared for things that in the past um, were quite uncommon. And we know that that healthcare is a uh, strenuous. Um, process for people who need health care. It's not usually very pleasant to find out you need health care. Some of it's very joyous. We deliver many, many babies, and that's a wonderful thing. But most of the time, people come to health care with, um, with a heavy um, heart and mind. However, that has materialized in some unhealthy um, behaviors that we are needing to address. And luckily in Michigan, um, there is action um, not unlike what you refer to in Colorado, where the legislation uh, le- legislators have recognized that creating a hostile environment for healthcare workers creates a much bigger problem further down the line. If people don't want to work in healthcare, we're going to have a real problem. Um, so, most recently, I know that the Michigan legislature has um, in, has increased the um, financial penalties and fines for individuals who are convicted of Violence against healthcare workers, and we consider that a step in the right direction. We know there's a lot of conversation about that with our hospital association, uh, our professional organizations, and with legislators. So we feel good that that's being that the awareness is being raised. And when you come into Holland Hospital, you're actually going to see more of a presence of informational posters and acknowledgments to say that we're here to help you. We absolutely are committed to serving you, but we need to um, provide to each other a mutual respect, and that includes um, not a- acting out um, in either direction. So uh, I think that's something that we're working on as a um, as a society, and I'm hoping we can continue to make advances to improve that whole situation.
1: Mark's points are are right on target, and and un- unfortunately, it is a societal issue, and it is present right here. It wasn't too long ago, maybe within the last two months or so, when I was making rounds talking with several of the nursing staff and just asking a general question of them about, you know, what's the most challenging part of your job? And I really expected them to just talk about the workload and the increasing complexity of illness uh, that that patients uh, in the hospital now have. Instead, they mentioned this very thing that you that you raised: we uh, how we are treated by patients and. Uh, visitors. Um, it is a huge concern just among our staff here locally. Our physicians have talked about it as well. So I do thank you for raising it. And, and to Mark's point, I think we're making some strides in the right direction there. But um, it needs to be, you know, a, a partnership as people come in our doors. we We do want to take care of you, but we need you to you know, cooperate and, and respect on what's happening here. So thank you for raising that very important issue.
0: I want to follow up, Patty, on this in, in one way. And our last little point here is the fact that, to me, a lot of this stems from what happened during, you know, four years ago almost now with the COVID-19 outbreak and uh, the uh, emotions and the passions <laughs> that have stirred since that time. <sighs> Maybe it's an easy question to ask and maybe a tough one to answer. What's it going to take to maybe get over this and, and to reestablish, as Mark mentioned, the respect on both sides, uh, patient to uh, provider, provider to patient that we basically had before 2020.
2: You know, uh, uh, you're right. It's an easy question to, ask to answer, but I do believe that we're, we're heading in a better direction. And you know, when, we say this is a big problem because it's a bigger problem than it's ever been. But the huge, the vast majority of our patients are kind, considerate, um, equally compassionate, respectful, and and cooperative with our teams. But that percentage of folks that are acting out, and these, and we're not talking about folks that have behavioral health diagnoses or something. This is these are people who, who, who really do know better. To the extent that we can't tolerate that, we'll have to draw a harder and harder line on what we will tolerate. And we have said that in some cases to patients. You can't participate um, in a collegial manner here. You may have to seek health care elsewhere. And that's certainly not something we ever want to do. But I think as more organizations draw that line a little more clearly for people, um, that that, I believe, will help folks understand there, there are boundaries and there, there is such a thing as going too far. Yeah.
1: I, I, I agree, and, and you're right, it's a complex uh, question. Um, but, Mark, speaking of accountability, and so if we can hold people accountable, accountable uh, for, for behavior um, and setting standards of expectations, hopefully that begins to, to shift in, in uh, a better direction.
2: I've got to add one last thing, and that is I mentioned that we do a lot of training with our staff. Our physicians are very active in trying to deal with the various stressors that they face in healthcare. And so there is definitely a commitment from the healthcare side of things to help equip our teams with. The ability to react constructively. And so, you know, what's it going to take? It's going to take efforts from every direction. And the fact that we're talking about it here openly on the radio is an awareness issue that is helping us put this in people's kitchens and living rooms and, and their cars. And we hope that they think about that as they escort their family member into the hospital or they encounter a healthcare worker in, in the grocery store or whatever it might be. You know, during the pandemic, very early on, you might remember, Gary, that, you know, there was a healthcare hero. Wave that mm-hmm. hit, and that that quickly made a shift. And I don't think it was because healthcare became suddenly mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. I think it was other shifts, as you've mentioned, in the way people think about.
0: Mark Powell, Patty Van Dort, thanks for joining us on whtc